Hello, Granite Rock people. We are firing up Rock Talk, the podcast today with CEO Tom Scorey. The two of us are sitting six feet apart in a spacious conference room with a plexiglass barrier between us. We both came in wearing our face covers. I took my temperature this morning and registered 97 on the dot. All of this is to say that today's topic is the COVID-19 pandemic and how the company has handled this crisis that has changed all of our lives and the way we do business. We're five months into the pandemic and really only seeing the numbers worsen in terms of cases and fatalities, which is not what any of us had hoped for back in March and April. Tom, I'd like to start a little bit personal with you if we could. How has the pandemic been for you and your family and what have been some of the biggest changes that you've made in your own habits and routines? Um, The hardest thing I think for my wife and I is that my parents live in Arizona and they're in a high risk group and we just have not been able to get down there and see them. First, it was because the virus was here and not there and we didn't want to bring it to them. And then the virus has been everywhere, so we can't put them at risk. So that's been hard. Work-wise, the very best part about this job is going out and seeing people and looking at the great things they're doing and shaking their hands and admiring the work that they're doing and talking to them and understanding what's going on. And, and that's been very limited because you feel like, you know, you're just bringing the possibility of exposure out to a job site and you have to stand six feet apart and you can't shake their hands and you, it just makes that much more difficult. And I really miss that. So that change in routine has been tough. Thank you for that. Shifting to Granite Rock, you wrote a very thoughtful piece in this week's Rock Talk that covered a lot of ground on where we are as a company and keeping our team members safe and reducing the risk of contracting the virus at work. One of the things that deserves mentioning is while there have been seven members who have tested positive for the virus, we have not had a single case of COVID-19 spread at work, which is pretty remarkable given our size and our geographical spread. What do you attribute that to? Yeah, it it is great. Um, I hope that remains the case throughout the duration of this. I I hope we continue with that record. You know, there's not a lot of tools to fight this thing, but the ones we have, we know are effective. It's the same stuff that, you know, it's on the news every night. Everybody talks about every day. Keep social distance, wear a mask, wash your hands, stay away from crowded indoor spaces. And I think our teams have done just an excellent job of that. And the, and the proof is in the pudding, as they say, because we have not had spread at the company where people are tending to get sick, as far as I can tell, is um, when they go to gatherings, particularly indoors. I, I was just looking at a study where there was a church gathering and one person who had COVID ended up infecting 91 people at one of those so-called super spreader events. We're fortunate in that very much of our work takes place outdoors. Outdoors is something like 20 times safer than indoors because the ventilation is so good. So I think that's why we have been as fortunate as we have been because of folks sticking by those guidelines. On the flip side, a significant challenge, it seems, is managing the business between two beliefs on opposite ends of the spectrum. Team members who, based on their circumstances, have some understandable apprehension about the virus and feel the company could always do more to protect them. And then there's those who might think news about the pandemic is a bit overblown since most people who get sick do recover and they want to let their guards down a little bit on everything from wearing face covers to social distancing and even carpooling together. What is your thought there? And with such a diverse business in terms of office workers, craft workers, people working at the sales counters for building materials, truck drivers on the road, how do we strike some kind of balance in Granite Rock's approach here? 
everybody sees the risk of this a little bit differently. So as I've said in that article, I talked to the whole spectrum of folks, right? So we get some people who say, look, this is no big deal. It's really like the flu. I don't care if I get it. Um, I'd like to get it and get it over with and get on with things. And then you talk to other people who are genuinely scared, genuinely apprehensive about it. And some of those folks are in a higher risk group and are worried what it could do because it is a deadly virus. It's nothing to take too lightly. I don't try to balance between those two things because I don't think you can. When you're faced with something that's a health and safety issue, I think you need to find a North Star and not a balance point and say, we're going to do what is right and what is best to keep the team healthy. And that is to follow the best scientific and health-based advice that is out there and do that consistently. And there are going to be people who think we are too conservative Um, There may be people who think we're not conservative enough, but it's finding out what we think is the best thing to do based on medical science. And that, to me, is what safety before all else means. It's not popular with a lot of folks, I'm sure. But my thinking is that if a year from now, when this is all gone and we have a vaccine and this is in the rearview mirror, I would be happy for people to criticize us saying, well, you were too conservative, you know. That's much better than, boy, I wish we would have done these other things to keep people safe. So we don't try to balance between those groups. We don't, it's not a popularity contest. We don't try to find that happy middle. We try to figure out, and we've got a great team of folks doing this with our COVID response team, find out what's right and follow that. It can be frustrating to do that because, you know, what was right yesterday, new science comes along, new ideas, uh, new studies, new understanding. You know, so what we thought was the right thing to do a month ago may not be the right thing to do today, but that's just the nature of science. So we are constantly on top of it and changing, adapting to do what the science and the healthcare professionals tell us is the best thing to do. Yeah, understandable. You mentioned in the Rock Talk article that team members want to know more when they hear someone at the company has tested positive for the virus. But health laws and general respect for a person's privacy really forbid the company from sharing details on someone's specific situation. It's understandable. Team members care about other team members, and they want to know if they've crossed paths with someone at the company who might have been infected. So how do we best address this type of situation, and how do we assuage concerns while being discreet about individual cases? Yeah, this is one of the hardest things about this because the privacy laws, medical privacy laws are very strict. And they say you can't talk about people's conditions, even if it's in the middle of a pandemic. It's the Granite Rock way to treat people like family and tell everybody what's going on. What we are allowed to do is do this contact tracing thing, where if we learn that somebody has tested positive or has symptoms, we have a team of people who go around and do an investigation and figure out who that positive person may have come into contact with. So we can identify those few number of people and talk to them and figure out whether the contact was sufficient that they ought to quarantine too. And I know some people get frustrated because they hear a rumor that, you know, so-and-so tested positive and I think I might've passed him in the hall and I have a right to know that so I can protect myself. Unfortunately, as much as we'd like to be able to talk about that, we can't. I have a lot of faith in the contact tracing that we do. It's very rigorous, and they are not missing people. They figure out who is at risk because of that positive person. So if you're at a Granite Rock site and you hear that, you know, so-and-so tested positive and nobody is reaching out to you, then that means that whoever that person was, you didn't come into contact with them. That's the only way we can handle it. Uh, So I just ask for people's patience on that because it's not easy. You get scared. You get concerned for other people. 
but that's just the way the rules are and we can't we can't bend those rules. Can we talk a little bit about the contact tracing team who's on that and what are some of the things that they do in order to go down the line of people who may have come in contact with someone? Yeah, the main players on that are Paul Chincharillo, Matt Reed, and Bill Miller and we've just added we've hired a temporary person and they start with the positive report And they ask that person a series of questions, you know, where have you been? Where have you been working? What have you been doing? So I'll just give you an example of if the person's on a construction crew, um, they figure out what crew they were on, what days they were on, when their first symptoms onset. So they have a time frame there to deal with. And then they reach out. They can tell from time cards and interviews who that person may have come into contact with. And they go talk to those people. And the questions are things like, did you really work on that crew with them? How close did you work together? Were you at one side of the site and this person was on the other side and you never got within six feet of each other? Or were you in the same ditch together doing something together? And then they determine based on a flow chart that is made available from the Centers for Disease Control, whether the level of exposure was enough to make that person sick. And if it was, they asked that person to quarantine for either enough time to get a test results or for 14 days if, if they don't get a test. And they just keep following that around and following that around until everybody who has had the potential to be sick from one sick person is contacted, talked to, and either quarantined or the decision is made, you know, the contact wasn't enough to make you sick. If there's any good news about this virus, as I understand it, it is that, you know, casual contact, passing somebody in the hall, seeing them on the way to the bathroom, those kinds of things are not enough to give you an infection. It takes some pretty close contact for a little bit of a duration of time for you to get enough of the virus inhaled to make you sick. And and that's what the CDC guidelines tries to determine. And that's what our contact tracers are looking for. Oh, it sounds like they're doing some really uh, great work. Very thorough. Yeah. Yeah. Doing a job that they didn't imagine doing a year ago. (laughs) In no way, shape or form. Okay, as you know, Tom, we ask team members to submit questions that they would like to ask you but may not have the chance. They can identify themselves or not. The link to submit a question is always available in the My Rock Talk app. And today we have three questions. We're going to start with a couple of COVID questions. The first one is anonymous. What do we do if we feel under the weather and not sure if it's COVID? Are we supposed to stay home, quarantine for 14 days? And who is the best person at the company to contact about this? First, stay home, absolutely. We have learned that the symptoms with COVID are very wide ranging. So it's not the kind of thing where you can say, well, it's only a runny nose, I'm sure it's allergies, or it's only a sore throat, I'm sure it's a cold. So if you have any symptoms of I don't feel good, stay home. Call your supervisor and your supervisor will put you in touch with the members of the COVID contact tracing team, uh, Bill, Paul, or Matt, and they'll ask you a series of questions to try to kind of understand what's going on. They'll advise you from there. And the advice may be sit quietly for a couple of days, stay home, see how you feel. It may be go get a test. We've been very fortunate in that we found some testing resources that get turnaround results much faster than you might get if you just went to one of these drive through or pop-up test sites, and we'll figure out what it is. But in the meantime, you're staying home so you don't spread the infection. And then if they believe that there's a possibility that you might have caught the virus, they'll begin that contact tracing process that we talked about. The great thing is for Granite Rock people, you know, we've added an additional sick leave 
benefit for folks who either test positive for COVID or have to quarantine because of a direct exposure to it. So it's an additional 80 hours, up to 80 hours of sick time. So um, the idea of putting that in place is that so nobody should have a financial hardship because they came into contact with this disease. And I'll tell you, a lot of folks are are having to take advantage of that because it's so widespread out there in the community. But that's that's the protocol that people should follow. But number one rule, don't come in. Don't, don't come in and talk to your supervisor and say, I don't feel good today. Yeah. No. <laughs> Please call him or her. It's really changed how we think about being sick too. You wake up and you go, oh my gosh, I'm, I have a little cough. Whoa, is that COVID? And we never thought that way before. Yeah. You would yeah. just go and power through your day. Well, you would because you'd say, well, oh, darn, I got a cold. I hate having a cold. This is going to make me miserable for four days. And and we're just not in that world anymore. And the other thing is it's hard for people to get over this idea that the great thing to do, the right thing to do, the manly thing to do is come into work sick, buck up, and I'll, you know, I'll get through this and it'll be okay. You know, there's a little bit of risk to that when you have a cold or flu, but there's way too much if you have this to make people on your team sick. So we need to change that mentality so it's the right thing to do and the you know the manly thing to do is say i'm not going to make anybody sick i'm going to stay home and deal with this it's hard that's a cultural shift it's hard to get people to want to do that yeah that's a big change next question from a team member who did not leave their name how long do you expect management to be working from home the essential workers are feeling abandoned that's a tough one <laughs> the uh, so the short answer to that is that People are going to work from home as long as they're required to work from home. We're not having people work from home because it's a great voluntary thing to do. You know, the healthcare orders in every area where we're doing work say that if you can work from home, you must work from home. So the short answer is when that changes and the jurisdictions where we work say it's great to get out and about and have more face-to-face interaction, then we'll do that. Everybody who faces this pandemic you know, we all have our own burdens on it. So the the people who are frontline folks who have to be out there, right? People on a paving crew or people driving concrete mixer trucks, you know, you just can't do that from home, obviously. So, so they feel a special burden of being out there and risking, you know, being in society where the risk to get sick is a little bit higher. The people who have to work at home have their own burdens to deal with, right? Some are dealing with their kids and, you know, they're, they're being a teacher and a, a spouse uh, and a worker all at the same time and trying to balance all that stuff. So, you know, we've got people working out there in the world who want to be at home. We got people at home who want much rather be out there in the world. We have managers who are trying to set examples by saying, I'm, you know, I want to stay at home because it sets the right example. Because I, I've heard people say, well, my manager, I'm frustrated that my manager's not out here on the job site. And other people say, I'm frustrated that I have to be at home and my manager's at work. And it makes me feel bad because I, that makes me think my manager expects me to be at work and I'm told not to be at work. So everybody's got their own burden to bear on this. And it's easy to feel abandoned. And it's very difficult. It's very difficult for a manager to have the same level of interaction, support and contact through telephone calls and Zoom calls, et cetera. I've talked before about this pandemic optimization team. Some of the people listening to this will have gotten the survey that they sent out. I think you folks are talking with Henry about that. That's one of the things they're looking at is that if this is really prolonged, how as good managers do we continue that level of support for people when 
the laws are telling us, you know, you, you got to stay at home or when you can't go out there and shake their hand and look them in the eye and tell them they're doing a great job. So sorry, that was a rambling answer. But, you know, the short answer is as long as we have to. It's nobody's preference. It's a new world and we're all trying to figure it out. So I, I think that we all just need to be a little bit more understanding and forgiving of ourselves and each other. And I heard something recently where it's like, you're not working from home, you're living at work. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's true. It's not nine to five, right? You know, because you can just turn the computer on at 7.30 or 8 or 9 or whatever you tend to, and it's uh, hard on you to not have that kind of dividing line and say, now I can, I'm off now, right? I'm off. And if you're working from home, you know, there might not be an off and it's, it's difficult. Exactly. Here's a question, not COVID or pandemic related. Good. <laughs> Something different. I think this is a construction question. It says, why do we not have in-house traffic control? Good question. I, I don't know the answer to that. So that would be a great question to ask somebody like uh, Rodney or Chris or Rob when they get back to the microphone again. I know that as a general matter, we have acquired you know, different business lines over the years. And we've done it when we see a competitive advantage in the market to do so. So, for example, when we bought Jones Brothers, you know, we thought it would add to our strength to have concrete structures capacity. And it did. And that was great. And, and we pick up a good chunk of that work and it broadens our abilities and it makes us more competitive in bidding jobs that have that work as either a small component or a big piece. When we bought FMG, that was the same thinking that being in the CIR business, would expand our competitive advantage because um, there's a lot of jobs where that work is complementary to what we do and just a lot of work where that work is the primary element. But there's a lot of trades out there that are best done by the folks who do those trades. So while we have some in-house traffic control, we go outside for a lot of that. And um, my assumption is that the construction division has looked at that and said, you know, that doesn't give us a competitive advantage because there are plenty of traffic control subs out there that, that we can use. And it's just as easy to do that. Well, we'll, we'll make sure we get Rodney on, get him that question. Okay. Last question. This is a little bit of a fun one, a little bit of a hot seat question. What is the number one thing you look forward to once we're back in a safe zone and the virus has either died down or a reliable vaccine is available? Getting a haircut. No question. <laughs> you getting, haven't had a real get, haircut. Getting a haircut. <laughs> My uh, my wife is my new barber, and um, she she gets through it okay. But I'm really looking forward to a professional haircut. Oh, that is so funny! I think a lot of people are in the same boat. Well, thanks, Tom, for taking the time to be here today, and thanks to all the team members who are listening. Be sure to share Rock Talk the podcast with your own team, and until next time, stay safe.